Well, hello there, folks. This is the PGA of Canada podcast. Uh, my name is Jason Logan. I'm the editor of Score Golf Magazine. And today I am joined by Sean Clement. Sean is, uh, what is your title, Sean? Director of Development, I think it is at Royal yes. Quebec Academy. Yeah, the, exactly. That's exactly okay. it. That's what we're there for. We're there to develop the business. Yes, uh, but also um, maybe more notably the founder and CEO of Wisdom in Golf. And if anybody out there has gone down a YouTube rabbit hole looking for instruction tips, you have surely seen one of Sean's. I don't know how many uh, how many over, videos you have on there now, about Sean, but it's a lot. Over nine hundred since the since late two thousand and six. Oh man, that's incredible! Isn't that something? Oh my goodness. Okay, um, so I wanted to just tell you a little story before we got going. Um, I started at Score Golf in two thousand and three, and when I went for my interview. I was trying to come up with some story ideas to pitch my predecessor at the magazine, Bob Weeks, who hired me. And my dad said, there's a pro at Taboo who's a scratch golfer, both right and left-handed. You should, you should pitch a story on that guy. So I did uh, in my interview, and I, don't, I never ended up writing that story, but I did get the job. And you and you were featured in the magazine the very next year, so maybe indirectly you led to me being at Score Golf now for eighteen years. So thank you very much, Sean. <laughs> You're welcome, buddy. <laughs> oh man, just tell me the backstory there. Are you naturally ambidextrous, or how did it come to be yeah. that you could play I mean, both sides? Like like so many golfers, even you know we say in Canada because of hockey, yes, but they're way more out there in the U.S. than you think. You look at Sergio Garcia is left-hand dominant playing right-handed golf. Same for Jordan Spieth. You watch Jordan throw a ball to the crowd. He's throwing it with his left hand. Mm. Phil Mickelson is right-handed. It's got a great throwing arm, but plays golf left-handed. So we call those backhanders. And uh, so I had a really good backhand in tennis when I was in college. And uh, I've always had a really good throwing arm. And because of our, you know, because of circumstance, when I started playing golf, I didn't have access to left-handed clubs. So I started right-handed and I always wondered in the back of my head how, how, how good of a left-handed golfer I'd be because I bat left-hand, I play hockey left-hand and that's, that's how I wanted to start. So, you know, it's like a thorn in your brain. And I bought myself when I had my, my first opportunity, I was at uh, the Gray Rocks Resort teaching golf at the resort there in my my earliest of careers in 1988 and there was this beautiful set of bob charles dunlop set <laughs> with uh with these uh, laminated woods and uh these thin little razor blades and uh that's that was my first set of lefties and six months later i was breaking you know breaking 80 left-handed wow. so i said all right there's something to this uh let's see what the rule book says and the rule book says 14 clubs in the bag so I put the, the clubs that I hit best left-handed in the bag and right-handed in the bag. And eventually two years later, that morphed into odds, right, evens left. And I've been <laughs> playing that way ever since. That must've threw your uh, playing partners for a loop when you brought that out the first oh, yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. You, you talked about um, Phil Mickelson, Jordan Spieth and Sergio Garcia. And right away, I think of how good their short games are. And there must mm -hmm. be something to that with having that dominant hand being the lead hand when chipping well you, you think about it in tennis when you want to do a cut spin volley it's so easy to do on your backhand mm -hmm. you know so 
there, there are many shots that, that favor uh, that particular side. And then, you know, the brain is so good at adapting uh, because when I started out, I was a little shorter left-handed because I had a tendency to cut the ball and, you know, right-handed, I had no problems hooking it. Mm-hmm. And I was able to, you know, solidify both sides by, you know, learning right-handed that release that I had, my lead hand would yield to my trailing dominant hand. And I figured out how to do that with my, my lead hand on the left-hand side and vice versa, uh, you know, calming down my, my dominant side in my right-handed swing by delivering a little bit with a little more authority with my lead hand, the same feel I had in my left-handed swing. And it really helped to round out both my golf swings, but what it did more importantly is that it made me a way better teacher of the game. Yeah, no doubt. Um, where'd you grow up, Sean? Montreal. Okay. And, you know, I know you back in the day, you were around Ontario a lot. And then obviously yep. uh, you get back to La Belle Provence at uh, Royal Quebec. How long you've been at Royal Quebec now and how'd you get back there? I'm, I'm in my fourth season. I uh, got here in 2018. One of my online students uh, had sent me some, uh, some footage of his swing and uh, they were in the middle of building uh, their academy building. And uh, I said, boy, that looks like a really cool spot, nice range. And, um, and uh, he says, well, I mean, we could really use a pro like you over here. And my son at the time, and he's still, he's, he's now number one in the province of Quebec as far as BMX racing. Oh, he's, cool. number, he's number six in Canada. Wow. So he's an elite athlete here in Quebec. And, and the Quebec scene for BMX racing is... Uh, far and away, you know, it's, it's 10 times better than it is in Ontario. So I had that seed and, you know, planted in the back of my head. I said, well, if I can make this whole thing work, um, we'll do it. Awesome. And they, they, you know, the, the members at the club were, were so gracious and, you know, uh, they, they made me feel very much at home and uh, it's been, it's been terrific. You're such a pioneer when it comes to online learning. I want you to try and Uh, encapsulate what wisdom in golf is? Well, somebody came up to me and said, Sean, you got to name your, what you do, your methodology, and you got to give it a name. And, you know, stack and tilt was really, you know, busy at the time. And they were, they were going all, you know, gangbusters and, and you, you the X factor and all that stuff. And I'm going, okay, what do I call it? And I'm, because it's based on anatomy and, you know, I've, I've been blessed with, you know, so many of my students, I would say about at least 20% of my students are doctors or chiropractors or members of the medical profession. And that's where I started. You know, I started on the Canadian ski patrol when I was 17 years old, my dad sent me there to learn responsibility and leadership. And what I learned was human anatomy. And I fell in love with that. And, um, and it led me, down the right path as far as you know understanding the underlying um uh importance of anatomy in golf instruction and um once once i was on that path it really helped my instruction and then i saw and i met some neurologists and they told me how we learn motor skills and they pointed me to gabrielle wolf and actually the association 
also pointed me in that direction. And so I met Gabrielle Wolf. I even invited her over to Richmond Hill Golf Club, which she graciously came. Um, you know, at the time, uh, Henry Brunton was, was there as well. And he came to the, and, and he, he really appreciated the fact that I got her in the country and did this gig. And so we have all this knowledge and experience and we're able to apply it. And I said, okay, where, what's the word for that? And somebody came up with wisdom and you look in the dictionary for wisdom and that's exactly what that is. So wisdom in golf was born. Tell us who Gabrielle Wolf is and, and why it was so important for you to, to get her. Gabrielle Wolf is a pioneer in learning motor skills for humans on this planet. And uh, she's at UNLV, uh, University of uh, Nevada, Las Vegas. And she's been doing this for well over 20 years with her partner, um, Rebecca Luthwaite, who's at USC. And they just, you know, they do experiment after experiment on, you know, how we learn motor skills, like from dart teams uh, to, you know, basketball teams to golf teams. And, and they have this wonderful, you know, basin of guinea pigs at the University of Las Vegas. And, um, and she's come up with some incredible research and some very, uh, some awesome scientific numbers that really back, you know, what we do and really pointed us in the right direction. So we had a lot of what she was talking about. And then we realized that those particular aspects of golf instruction really worked well. And, and then because we were able to be pointed in the right direction, we were able to, okay, decipher this is no good and that, that's really good and that's been working really well with our students and that's not so well. So now we've, you know, we have this beautiful collection of, uh, of videos, of course, that we have on YouTube. And if you look at what I did 15 years ago on YouTube when it first came out uh, in 2006, it is so consistent with what I'm doing today. I'm just delivering it better more efficiently and, uh, and, uh, you know, more shortcuts. Yeah. I want to get into YouTube a lot in a, in a minute, but you know, you talk about the anatomy and I'm sure it's this way for every sport, um, especially at the competitive and high performance level, but it seems to me with golf, um, are you trying to decipher what our bodies can and will not allow us, I should say will or will not allow us to do in the golf swing because every single one of your students as a different body shape, strength, height, whatever. So is yep. your role to try and decipher and instruct them on what their body will allow them to do and maybe what their body won't allow them to do? That definitely was in my earlier hmm. stages. Now you realize, okay, the human machine, which has two arms, two legs, and is <laughs> hopefully insurable. <laughs> um, you know, the way we've been, you know, the way we evolved on the planet, I mean, for 3 million years plus, we were really good at throwing stuff at our food. I mean, mm. that's the way, that's the way we developed. Yeah. And then we were really good at throwing stuff at our enemies and, and, and slashing swords. And, you know, then all of a sudden we were really good with cutting down trees with axes. And, you know, as we developed, we, we maintained these beautiful skills of ours. And that's why we love sports so much, because it really reflects the way we were meant to move. 
And where we went wrong for about 30 years, and we still are in, in, in the respect that we're not meant for body part positioning. We suck at it. Hmm. Uh, we're not, you know, uh, w- w- the problem is when somebody comes in for a lesson, more often than not, we're trying to put the strings on Pinocchio and we're trying to show them what body parts they're lacking uh, in, in, in the positions that they're not hitting instead of showing them a simple task that's going to bring about all of this harmony in body parts in the first place. So our conscious minds work at about 40 bits per second and one thing at a time. Our uh, self-preserving system, let's say I wanna skip a stone on water. I look at the water, I have a nice flat stone in my hands and, and I sling it onto the water and I observe. And if the thing skips like crazy and you're thinking, yeah, and you, you get a bit of a little fist pump, or if it sinks immediately, you're thinking, well, that's not the way I visualized it. So what are you going to do? Are you going to say, maybe it was my elbow. Maybe it was my weight shift. Well, maybe I didn't clear my hips properly. Or how about you pick up another stone, mm-hmm. you look at the water again, and you sling it. Mm-hmm. And this is where the research with Gabrielle Wolf has come in extremely handy. They took a, a, a dart team. And they split it into two and they said, okay, team number one, we're gonna look at the bullseye, ignore the rest of the board, and we're just gonna hit bullseyes for an hour a day for two weeks. And team number two, you're gonna make sure that you repeat the same motions with your elbow, your bicep, your wrist, your fingers, and try to repeat the same arm motion over and over again for an hour a day for two weeks. And then lo and behold, after two weeks, Team number one had a 15% reduction in spray pattern. That means the misses were 15% closer to the bullseye. And whatever was just outside the bullseye was now in the bullseye by 15%. Mm -hmm. Team number two went the other way by 23%. You know, so look at that data. And then the other research that I saw, and this was uh, referred to me by a neurologist, and it, it got lost in the ether on, on uh, you know, through my multiple moves. But my first video on this on YouTube was about 10 years ago. And that's when I became an absolutely free person as a teacher and a golfer. Okay. Okay. And it was this research on a PET scan that they did which is positron emission tomography. They, they, they inject little nuclear particles in the bloodstream and then they bombard the, 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 the brain with these waves to see what parts of the brain are lighting up when you're doing a specific task. Well, usually they, they'd insert you in this big tin can where you couldn't move. And so they were able to send, make it semi-portable where you could do a one foot putt. So they had a pro and an amateur do a, a one foot putt over and over again, and they never missed. It was a tap mm-hmm. in. But then they realized, hey, why is every brain scan slightly different one from the next? And they, they keep making this putt. And then they realize, well, the human mind is an adaptation machine. It's not a repetition machine. Mm-hmm. Every time you hit that one foot putt, there's a little feedback loop that comes back into your brain. And the brain uses that information to make that next one that much better. But you're thinking it's a tap-in. 
Well, if you put a worm cam behind it, you'd realize that the hundredth putt was that much more efficient than the first putt. And the brain is constantly seeking the path of least resistance. So basically find a simple task, like what we use is a, a grass whip is one of our tasks. Imagine how long it would take you with a grass whip if we put you in, in, in a bunch of back lawns in Toronto and your, your next, you know, your full-time job for eight hours a day was to mow lawn with a grass whip. Probably take you about a week to become yeah. good at it. For sure. I'm still so, not good at it. <laughs> <laughs> so you take that simple task and you repeat that. And as you do that, you evolve into a better grass whipper. And so that's what we do with our students. We get them to a stage where, okay, your grip's good. Your posture's great. You're now in a, in a great position to deliver your action to a target. So this is your task that you're delivering to the target. You keep working on that task and you get to evolve mm -hmm. by your own self mm -hmm. in, you know, within that. And then we're able to graduate and go, okay, this is how you hit that shot on the golf course. And, this is how you hit this shot on the golf course. And if you want, you know, a higher percentage of, of, of yield when you're chipping, well, think about where you want to land it and become really good at picking your landing spots. And, and now we can really work with them in bettering their golf game instead of continuing to harp on body part positions. You mentioned earlier that your first YouTube video, you posted it in 2006, YouTube uh, was founded in 2005. So you were really, really in on the ground floor here with YouTube. Um, what do you remember about that first video? What was that very first video that posted about? And, um, you know, what, what made you just jump into it the way you did way back when? Oh, dude, that was, that was quite something. Um, What's the technology? Uh, Did you just back then? I mean, technology has, well, is, you know, it's a million years ago. It might as well be in technology. Was it just a tripod and a, and a video camera that you had set up oh, recording yourself? The, the, the video cameras sucked back then. I mean, it was they, huge, they were right? horrible. And uh, so my, my uh, web guy at the time, you know, I, I, I credit him every day because he had the vision of saying, hey, listen, you know, you've got a pretty decent personality and I like the way you teach. You should be on YouTube. I'm going, what's a YouTube? And, and he goes, well, you know, and he shows me and he says, well, you upload your video. And I go, okay. So what I could do is I'm going to make a little collection of videos for my students. And instead of just giving them some take home sheets, you know, with notes on them, I could refer them to the video and, uh, and, and then they could have me permanently that way and, and mm -hmm. they, they, that would really help turbocharge their learning process and so my first one was about uh, posture and so I showed posture and it was a one minute video yeah and then I showed um, distance to ball and there was another one minute video and then after I did three or four um, I started getting comments from Germany and Australia hmm. and I'm going Whoa, 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 what, what's going on here, right? <laughs> uh, everybody's look, everybody's that, looking that, for golf instruction and they found you. That's it. And then it was, it was just amazing, uh, you know, what transpired after that. So I just poured my heart and soul into there. And, you know, my, the management at the, you know, at the club uh, said, no, nah, you can't be giving all your secrets away like that, Sean. Are you mm. crazy? 
Interesting. And, and I'm so glad I did. You know, I shared everything I had. And, uh, and because of that, I was able to attract the right kind of student. You know, how is your how is your YouTube presence evolved over the year, both over the years, both in terms of your delivery, um, how long the videos are and also behind the scenes, any technology that you've been able to add? Because I know you, you know, you bring in students, you bring in guests, mm-hmm. um, you know, you all, you're always relating the golf swing to other activities, whether it's yep. hammer throwing or bowling or chopping wood, all of these things that you know, people can visualize. How did it evolve your YouTube channel over the years? Um, it's uh, at, at first, it was really cool because I could do whatever I wanted with the language I wanted. And, um, and then I kind of got stuck in my methods of delivery. In other words, you know, uh, other people started joining the game and they were able to tap in on the key words that people were searching mm, right and then they started taking away you know the attention and then i had to become an expert at keywords you know uh, showing people what they want to hear and uh and so you know the titling of the video and the the thumbnails and i mean it's just it's a jungle out there now yeah. It's really, really difficult for you to differentiate yourself from the others. But, uh, you know, I persevered. I wasn't going to let go. And, uh, and I just did whatever I needed to do to, to maintain my presence. And it's, there's been an ebb and flow to it. You know, there's some peaks and valleys in there. And lately we've been, uh, you know, going back up the other, the other, the other side of the valley. And uh, we feel very fortunate. How do you get to 900 plus videos uh, about golf? I mean, because there feels like there's only a certain number of, of uh, instruction lessons that you could come up with, but you've got yeah. over 900 of them. Is it, is it maybe changing some of the wording and changing some of the analogies that might hit one person better than yeah. the other, even if the essence of the lesson is, is similar? Well, when you have feedback like Sean, um, you know, I thought you were a crazy guy at first. And then I kind of came back to your videos and I watched and I watched and I looked. And by the 10th time I watched this video, the penny dropped. Mm. And I, I'm going, I can't believe I didn't see it. He says, why didn't you tell me before? <laughs> <laughs> so the, you know, when you're watching something, it either resonates with where you are or it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And if it starts resonating with you and you start digesting those little bits of, of information, you, you miss the other parts that are coming right after that. And it takes you, you know, a few reps and you're thinking, okay, if it takes them a lot of reps, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to approach each video a little differently, but provide the same information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, that's been extremely successful. And, you know, without the feedback of my students, uh, I keep telling my students that, you know, everyone who's watched my videos on YouTube and has provided me with feedback and comments, um, you know, that are on my premium channel, uh, you know, and, and, and through all that experience, I've become such a better teacher. I mean, it's turbocharged me uh, in the right direction. 
And uh, without that precious feedback, I, I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today. There's no way. I mentioned all the comparisons to other activities and the analogies you make in your videos. Sean, is it ever a case where you're, you're just doing something, you're driving somewhere, you're grocery shopping, you're, you're with your son when he's doing <laughs> motocross or something, and all of a sudden a light bulb goes on and you're like, hey, wait a second, I can relate this part of the golf swing to what I just saw here. Like you get inspiration for videos in everyday life. Dude, this is the best interview ever. Okay. <laughs> I, my hat's off to you. You, you do your homework. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to highly recommend you in the future. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. The um, here's an example. Uh, one, one of the videos I gave, I was, I was striping that seven iron of mine at that Richmond Hill driving range as a, as a flag stick at 207. And there was no wind and it was hot, you know, the ball carries. And, mm -hmm. and I was just hammering that thing out there to, to that 207 yard flag. Mm -hmm. And somebody mentioned on the video, they said, Sean, your, your head is bobbing up and down. He says, you would really hit the ball further and more accurately if you kept a steady head. Okay. And you could put a, a bed sheet around that flag stick from that video. You know, when you, when you hit a pocket as a player, you get into that little mini yeah. zone on the range. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I just, there's no way I could hit a ball better than that in my right. life. You know? Right. And I'm looking back at that. I was okay. So what was the thing that allowed me to hit the ball further and straighter because my head was bobbing up and down? I, I took it the other way. Of course. Because we've been, we've been brainwashed to be careful and watch out. And, you know, we've been put this hornet's nest above our heads and we've shaken it up and, you know, you're bombarded with these, these be careful and watch outs and you better, you know, uh, make sure that you don't make this mistake. And I'm going, well, what is it about that that is harmonious with how we function as humans? Then I looked at my son on a skateboard hmm. and he's hitting the backside of that roller on a skateboard and he's pumping that sucker with his legs mm -hmm. and he's getting that big turbo charge of speed. And that was in, you know, a nice park with a lot of swings. And I look at the kid on the swing set and the, you know, you remember when you were a kid on a swing and you're standing up on the swing and you're pumping that swing. Sure. And they, if you look in them in Norway and in, in Scandinavia, they have this, it's called K I I K I N G. Ki-iking. Okay. Or ki-iking. And they go full uh, 360 degrees pumping that swing with rigid chains. And wow. this looks like a circus act. And it's it looks amazing. And I'm thinking, hey, if the arms are hanging from the shoulders and the, the club has the swing set, right? The, 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 the seat of the swing. Your legs pumping the, 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 this and turbocharging the arm swing. If you look at Bubba Watson mm -hmm. and you look at what Bryson DeChambeau is doing now, look mm -hmm. at any one of his recent Instagrams. And he talks about you got to come up in the backswing to load the ground better in the downswing. And 2020 Teacher of the Year, uh, Mark Blackburn, just put out a video six months ago on that as well. 
I was teaching that 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. And, or since that particular YouTube video, which is about that happened about 14 years ago. Okay. And so without sports, without the understanding of human motor skills and human movement patterns, uh, I would not be where I am today. Not a chance. It's pretty funny to get that commentary though, right? 207 yard laser show, seven iron all day long. <laughs> Somebody's telling you, you could probably hit it better. 207 yeah. yard, seven iron is pretty right. good. I'm going, dude, man. It's like, I haven't been there in a while. Like I'm 55 now. I wish I still had, you know, the mass that I had on my body back then. Um, and it's just, uh, it, it really is cool the way a human being can function. And if you just give it a chance and you remove the restrictions and you remove the be carefuls and you just give it a simple task and watch it shine. And it's been an absolute pleasure to do what I do every day. So at the various facilities you've worked at and, and specifically at Royal Quebec now, how has the YouTube channel and social media in general um, improved not only the abilities of golfers at the club, but also the club experience overall in terms of being a 12 months a year facility, which is obviously something that clubs everywhere right now are focusing on given COVID and trying to give people an outlet over the winter time. But how has your social media presence and just social media in general helped generate revenue, generate camaraderie, uh, and improve the, the ability of the players at the clubs that you've worked at. It's, it's been phenomenal. Um, you know, uh, the, the, and, and being, having the, the, the foresight GC quad and being able to show, you know, the graphics of your shots and, and show the, the improvements of your students and things like that. I mean, I, I have people from all over the province of Quebec that come to see me, uh, because now they see where I am and they see how I operate and they see my teaching methodology. Um, it's, it's been, you know, now it's, the first year it was promote and hey, this is me and come on over and let's take a lesson and let me help you with your golf game. And now it's full blown time management mode. Um, you know, I, I this winter, uh, just before, you know, the lockdown hit in January uh, uh, in with my online lessons and my uh, lessons at the club. I mean, I'm seeing 90 people a week. Wow. It's That's wild. It's absolutely wild. I mean, it's six days a week and, you know, I'm just trying to find time to eat something and find time to work out a little bit and then and to take care of myself. And, and it's, that's, that's my, my gig now it's time management. Surely every young PGA of Canada teaching professional that's coming along these days knows about YouTube and knows about Instagram and, that was about TikTok or whatever other mediums are out there right now. But do you have some advice for those starting out just about how to, I guess, brand themselves and also how to avoid any, any pratfalls that there might be out there when, when doing something like this? Um, right out of the gate, I would suggest that they, they make a nice collection of videos for their students. So say you're at a specific club, and, uh, you know, you haven't done the YouTube thing yet, or you haven't done the Instagram yet. And you say, okay, uh, I'm going to make a nice collection for my students instead of giving them a take home stuff and put myself out there at least. And 
That way my students can refer to my videos uh, as a reminder and they're on the driving range. They can pull me up on their phone on Instagram and they can check out you know, something about, hey, I'm, I'm struggling with my driver. Where's that driver video? Okay, here it is. What's he saying? And then just take, take a 10 minute pause and, oh yeah, that's what he told me. And then you get back in there and, 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 it's, and it's so advantageous for your clients. And then you never know, you may hit a video where you're doing something one day and your video goes viral. And then you're all of a sudden your whole collection starts taking off as well. Mm-hmm. So you just got to put yourself out there, no expectations, but do it in a sense that you're, you're helping your students, help them help you. And then your students, if they like what you do and you've been helping them out, they're going to start talking. How are they going to talk about you? Well, they're going to show them, you're going to, they're going to show their friends your videos. And so be as professional as you can and think it out and, and put something decent out there. And, and it, it will pay off one way or another. That, that return on investment will pay off. Last question. How many more videos do you have in you? Is it an infinite amount? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'm ever going to stop doing what I'm doing because, and that's why I'll never stop teaching. Um, every, every week that goes by, the experience I have uh, gets me an aha moment as far as my communication skills with a student. And then right away, there's a rush of other students that come to mind and I'm like, wow, they could really benefit from that. And then I'll, I'll make a video of it and let everybody else experience and appreciate that kind of, uh, you know, that kind of learning process. So everybody involved in wisdom and golf is learning with me as we go along. So uh, it's, it's an absolute must in my book. Well, sir, I appreciate your time today. And uh, for those listening who somehow have missed uh, Sean Clement on YouTube, just go to YouTube and, and search his name or search Wisdom in Golf. And obviously there's a link from your website to all yep. of your stuff. And uh, it's fascinating uh, that you were in on the ground level with YouTube yeah. and, and you've got to a point where, I mean, you've got well over 100,000 subscribers. I think you have something like 40 million views of all your collective videos. It's fascinating yeah. stuff and, and really congratulations on the success you've had with it. Thank you, man. Really appreciate it. And, and thanks for this morning. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. You've done your homework. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Thanks, Sean.